you know that Bobby and I live in New York City. If there's anything we like talking about other than like, you know, what are the hot restaurants? It's apartments. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools that make it much easier when you're looking for a new home. I could talk about apartments for hours. <laughs> Where? What's in it? What do you want? How much? Landlords. Blah, what are your blah, mandatories? Blah. Laundry and building? Oh my God, you have a washer and dryer in the unit? Never heard of such a thing. Oh my goodness. I don't need it. But you know what I do need? Dishwasher. You and I do need... Oh, I take a dishwasher. I take a dish. Uh, actually, yeah, I take a dishwasher over a washer and dryer in a heartbeat. In a in washer a, dryer in a New any York day. minute, baby. Any day. Do you need a balcony? No, I find balconies overrated. I think they're a scam. I think balconies are a scam to make people feel like they have extra value. Maybe you're like, no carpets. Maybe you're like, I need hard floors. Maybe you're like, I have a pet. I need somewhere to put my pet. These are all the things that you need to know when you're looking for an apartment. And using apartments.com means you can filter in and filter out whatever you want Mm -hmm. and you don't want when you're searching for apartments. And that is crucial. Features like favorites has the listings that stood out to you so you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. Visit apartments.com. The place... To find a place. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. This is short, but it's breaking news. Yeah. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. Who would have thought? Who, did you did you guys think? Who would have thought? Crunch, crunch. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach are starting a podcast. What did we say? We said, get back here. Start a podcast. You said, get back here. Right? Am I wrong? We said, get back here and get a podcast. What this podcast is going to be about, we never discussed. We never specified. That's why I'm a little bit confused. But I still want it. It's that great description of a podcast where it's like, it's just two people talking. This is from the press release. The duo will get behind the microphone to explore meaningful conversations about current events, pop culture, and everything in between. <laughs> what? Because I was like, I think I asked this on our text, like, I wasn't as familiar with them before their drama because I'm not Neither. a big Good Morning America watcher, but their jobs were just like telling the news. I get that our <laughs> news personalities are more than just telling the news, but that was their main job was like speaking the news, Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are they just going to speak the news, but then also like make eyes at each other and like make like cute comments and like be cute? Morning show news is like you've got to speak the news, but then you have to be really charming. They were so charming and then they wanted to fuck each other. Yeah. You speak the news, but then somebody comes on with a with a lion and you have to meet the lion. And you have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, what's this guy doing in the studio? Yeah. Right. You have to do that. No, that's nice. And when they posted, which, by the way, they posted together, like, overlap on their accounts. I love when Uh you, like, drag the other account in. The caption was, how's this for Instagram official? Hashtag silent no more. Which, I'm not sure silent no more has been used (laughs) in any way like this before. I mean, the whole... (laughs) You were never silenced. They were sort of, I mean, they were fired from their job. <laughs> sure, but like they weren't silenced. They weren't silenced. Meanwhile, you know? the the commenters I see here, it's a murderer's row. It's Al Roker, welcome back. Laura Spencer, congrats, lady. And none other than Billy Bush, who writes, 
this is when I would quit. Bravo, shame works if you let it. Be happy and kick ass. I will download that pod and take it running. Billy Bush, as you remember, was vaguely canceled for the President Trump shit. Not true love. Although, I will say when I read the comments on this, people hate People them. hate them. I was weirdly surprised. I was like, oh my God. I was shocked. I thought we were like, love wins. The angle on this, I thought, was like celebratory. But turns out, a lot of people still think that they cheated or whatever, or like, don't well, trust I the think timeline. It's, I think it's not hard <laughs> to come to that conclusion. <laughs> That they got together because they both cheated on their respective significant others, which is another reason why this photo was so funny. It's like, silence no more. It's like, babe, I'm I'm pretty sure you did this to yourselves. I think when you got down into it, I think at least one of them had been separated for like a second, actually, or whatever. No, you're right. I mean, it is just funny. Like, whatever, adultery is bad. But I'm like, come on, this is good. Like, they found love. Like, they got fired for it. It's like beautiful. (laughs) Let me have this. These Good Morning America watchers are all moralists. They believe in the sanctity of marriage. I get it's it. It's true. It's if true. anyone does, it's it's people who watch Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. Which is why the morning show is so good. <laughs> They've done way worse than TJ and Amy. <laughs> so we're definitely going to be listening to and reviewing the first episode of Amy and TJ. Cannot promise we'll listen after that, but I am very curious and I plan to you know, have us discuss like what even happens on this podcast, you know? And I say this from experience. There's nothing worse than a first episode of a podcast, of a chat podcast. Nothing worse. Half of the podcast is like, well, I guess we're doing this now. (laughs) 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 Like that's half of every chat podcast first episode, even the most amazing ones begin like that. I even gave Kristen Cavallari's pod another chance because I was like, I can't judge her on one of the episodes and it's the first episode. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not fair. It's not fair. But podcast still sucks. Sorry. (laughs) I'm so pissed off at her. God damn it. I know. You are listening to Who Weekly, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, (laughs) and questions. What? You are? A podcast? Let's play some comments. Just a couple of comments and then questions. Sorry, I was acting like it was our first episode. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I just wanted to share something that I learned recently, which was that the Haley Bieber Halloween Yes or No Instagram post um, was actually all written by Nathan Finocchio, who is uh, or who was a pastor for Hillsong Church. So she's actually she's just reposted his very lengthy post, um, obviously. She agreed with it enough to post it, but I just think it's an interesting thing to note that I just learned recently. Um, all right. One of everything really good. Crunch, crunch. I've never been more disappointed than to learn Haley Bieber didn't author this incredible post. But we didn't completely fuck up because at least she, like, agreed with it. Like, she she posted it. She just didn't write it. Yeah, she posted it and said, yes. I, they cropped off the bottom. But I will say our media literacy bad because we didn't like search to make sure. Although I'm not, yeah, whatever, it's fine. So this guy who used to <laughs> used to work at Hillsong, he wrote it. It's still the weirdest thing I've ever written, I've ever read about Halloween. And Haley Bieber did agree with it full-heartedly. Yeah. So we have three calls about Halloween parties we didn't talk about on Tuesday coming up. Um... Hey, Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy, this is a red alert. Why? Okay. 
David Dobrik at a Halloween party. And I'm looking at a photo that Rosalind, his sister, Rydell posted. That's not relevant. I just – and it's got, like, the, the Halloween – or the party branding on it. David's Halloween Town presented by Feet Finder. And I said, wait a minute. So then I looked up what Feet Finder was because I was pretty sure I knew. Yeah, it's a feet picture selling website. What the fuck? What? Do you guys think you just got a ton of money from them? Like, is it supposed to be, like, a gag? Is he being serious? What's going on? I also would love to know if, like, any other feet-related, like, thing, like, behind them, Rydell Funk and her husband in this photo, they're in, like, a like a party booth, party photo booth. There's a bunch of severed feet, which I'm now noticing. Oh, my God. Is it, was it feet-themed? Guys. Please investigate because I I can't look any further. I'm too hungover. Um, love you loads. Love you lots. Um, um, crunch, crunch. Bye. So sorry that we missed in our list of celebrity Halloween parties of note the David Dobrik feet finder halloween party i would argue this is pretty funny and if you don't understand the like i think the sponsorship is real but also supposed to be a joke you know in two ways yeah i mean feet finder has been spending a lot of money on tiktok marketing over the past couple of years so this really isn't surprising the feet finder ads on tiktok turned into a bit of a meme that got them in trouble sort of it was like fcc non-disclosure issues and if you don't know what feet finder is that's <laughs> normal it's a website where you can sell photos of your feet mm-hmm. but you have to pay a monthly fee to sell photos of your feet you have to pay five dollars a month to sell photos of your feet on feet finder but their yeah. ads on tiktok used to claim that people were making so much money by selling their feet photos on feet finder that they could afford like lavish lifestyles with like G-Wagons and houses on the beach and PJs, you know? So this is just part of a larger Feet Finder TikTok integration. You know, as long as the internet has been around, there were ways to buy and sell photos of feet. Mm -hmm. And I understand that like maybe Feet Finder is a new phenomenon, but this is like a tale as old as time. And if you want to sell or buy feet photos, like the internet has always had so many places where you could do so. Can you read me the popular categories on feetfinder.com? Sure. And this is not to shame put fetishes. I can't say fetishists ever. Mm-mm. It's not to shame, but it's just to make you aware of if you have a foot that might fall into one of these categories, maybe you too could have a thriving foot business, not on Feet Finder or like anywhere online. Anywhere. Okay, here we go. Arched, chubby feet, dancer, boots, dirty feet, flat feet, <laughs> high heels, humiliation, lotion, long toes, mature, pedicure, showing face, Smelly, stomping, soles, and finally, socks. And there's more uh, categories where this comes from. I just read the ones that didn't fully offend me. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Do we care about David Dobrik beyond this? I was trying to see, like, who all went to this. Because we have three calls about Halloween parties that we didn't talk about. Did we see anyone that we were interested in at this party? No. I mean, it was like a bunch of internet people but the Mm -hmm. only thing that interests me about david dobrik at all of recent 
is the fracturing of his kind of crew, which is mm-hmm. vaguely interesting, though I'm not like watching any of their content. It is interesting to see now that his former friend Jeff, the one that he blinded in one eye with a stunt, mm-hmm. you know, and is still mm-hmm. fighting with in court, I believe. Again, these are all things I learned on the Trisha Paytas podcast, is now dating Tana Mojo, another very powerful internet person. And so they're kind of on this tour of talking, which I guess is also just their career, telling people about David Dobrik essentially like fucking over his friend in like a really bad time of need. So it's like not making David Dobrik look good. Not that David no. Dobrik's look good in a long time in a long time, but it's keeping it interesting for me, this this story. So I hear about him more than I'd like. Yeah. I was looking for people who attended David Dobrik's Halloween party, and it's all like this YouTube influencer, this OnlyFans star. Right. Of course. The most famous person who was there was Snoop Dogg. We got two more calls from people who mentioned parties that we forgot, like celebrity Halloween parties that we didn't mention. Okay. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I'm calling because y'all failed to mention what I think is one of the more important Halloween parties that happened this past weekend which is Hottieween, hosted by Megan Thee Stallion. Um, many who's, some thems. Um, but the fact that you didn't mention it is giving old white uncle and auntie who aren't aware of what's happening in pop culture, and y'all are better than that. Mention Hottieween. Mention it all. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Not old white uncle and auntie. <laughs> I mean, fair. What I love about Hottieween uh, Megan the Stallion's Halloween party is that one she's loved Halloween for a long time which is nice Hottieween is like kind of an extension of her own love of Halloween it's cool when that's somebody's personality and then two that it was not in New York or LA it was in Atlanta so like you had a Halloween party posted by a celebrity that was in a city that wasn't New York or LA a little bit different so Megan has been doing, I think she skipped during the pandemic, but she has been doing her Hottieween party since 2019 when it was also a web series. I don't know how I blocked this out like pre-pandemic, but it was a web series that became a Halloween party that was in a lot of cities. And now it seems to like New York, LA and Atlanta. Now it seems to just be happening in Atlanta. A lot of Atlanta commentary in today's episode. I know this is going to be the first mention of Atlanta in terms of Atlanta culture. But she had plenty of really cool people here, like Offset, John Boyega, Victoria Monet. Glorilla was there. Also, because she used to throw these hotties parties in the past, she has like, she opens it up to kind of fans or just like hotties to come to the party. Hottieween did have public invites because I did find people on like the Megan Thee Stallion subreddit talking about how they RSVP'd to attend and they didn't get invites. So she did open it up at least partly to the public or to fans. But I think this is the secret of a lot of these parties. It's like the majority of the people at all of these parties are not famous, you know? Well, of course not. You need to like have actual just people at your party. You need to have Mm -hmm. just bodies at the party. What was she dressed as? It was Tim Burton. She was dressed as Alice in Wonderland, talking flower from the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. Well, that was the theme of the party. It's cute. It looks cute. There's not that many photos, I have to say. It's really not. It's more of a under-the-radar festival uh, festival uh, party. I want to wait. Timmy wrote, the reason this party was mainly on my radar is this video of Meg and Victoria Monet taking a shot, but it is surprisingly intimate and sensual. <laughs> I don't understand. He sounds like AI. I don't really get what the point of that was. Thank you, Timmy. So let's go from TikTok party that's kind of fake and spawn to real party that's becoming an annual tradition to 
this next one. Hi. Um, I would love for you guys to talk about the um, Jennifer Coolidge Halloween party. I'm listening to the Halloween episode now, and um, you guys didn't mention that as a part of the um, the famous celebrity Halloween parties. And I think she has it every year in New Orleans. I had a friend who went once and said it's crazy, but I'm looking at photos of it now. It looks like um, Molly Shannon was there and Mike White and Evan Ross Cass and Christian Siriano. And I, I want to know everyone else who was there. And I kind of just want you to talk about it. Okay, thank you. Crunch, crunch. Three very different types of parties here. Yeah, and I would argue this one doesn't count. Just because a celebrity is throwing a party doesn't mean it's part of the celebrity Halloween party canon. I would argue all of the other parties we mentioned are like for publicity. They have professional photographers at them. They're kind of part of the spectacle. This is just like... Jennifer Coolidge has a spooky house in New Orleans and wants to host a big dinner party on Halloween. And it is way more intimate, way more like exclusive, but not in the exclusive way where like, oh, we're so exclusive, but like take my photo. Actually kind of exclusive, actually kind of secretive. And maybe like mostly her real friends, even though some of them are celebrities. I've heard her mention this. She's She talks about this party not infrequently. I mean, like it, it comes up, but the thing about Jennifer Coolidge is, even though her career is sort of like ebbed and flowed in terms of her cultural relevance, I think she has maintained very famous friends throughout the whole thing. So even in a period like pre her resurgence in White Lotus, she still had very, very famous friends and was still doing this party every year. The one costume I did see from this party that made me laugh, maybe this was not supposed to be for public consumption, but somehow got a photo of it, was Parker Posey was dressed as Cinderella before the party. Like she was dressed as like a dirty Cinderella. If you want to find photos of celebrities at these parties, the best way to do it is to know who was there and then go to their Instagram feed and then click on tagged photos. <laughs> find the person who was there, who isn't famous, who is just so excited to be there and posting photos of them with uh, their friends, the celebrities. Mm -hmm. The only fun fact I'll leave you with about the house is it's where they shot several interior scenes from The Beguiled, the movie, the Sofia Coppola movie. Oh, the Sofia Coppola movie, The Beguiled. <laughs> yeah. And if you search hard enough, you can find all these details online. Yes, yeah, very easy to find when you search. Next call. I want to be famous. Lindsay, what is Rakuten? Tell everyone. I use. I have Rakuten. I'm looking at it right now in my browser, but explain. You're good at explaining what Rakuten is because you love it. It's the smartest way to save money when you shop. Duh. No. It's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it is, but I'm, you're not, I'm not really telling you what it is. That's what it does. It knows where you're shopping. It says, here's how to save money. It gives you cash back for all types of stores. Mm -hmm. Sephora, Macy's, Ulta, Adidas. I just actually got some cash back. I get it sent right to my credit card. It goes on my credit card as points, which is incredible. They partner with over 3,500 stores across every category, beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, etc. You're already shopping online anyway, so why not save some money while you're doing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cash back rates change daily. Yeah, sometimes they're higher, sometimes they're lower. They have over 17 million members who are already saving right now, and Rakuten members have earned over $4.6 billion in cash back. Lindsay, was part of that you? Of course. And you can start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up.
As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. When we announced our latest tour dates, I said, well, all I have to do is get these on the website. And that's going to take me literally 30 seconds. It's going to take me maybe shorter than this ad goes on to update our tour dates on the website and making it easy for everyone to go buy tickets to see us in London and Dublin. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without Squarespace. I know. And then when we added a new date, you said, Bobby, can you update the poster? And then I sent you the new poster and then you just put it back on the Squarespace. Yeah. Because you can just drag and drop. I uploaded it. It was incredible. There it is. You can buy tickets right on our Squarespace. That's right. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all in your terms. I know. We've got the contact form, which is used all the time. People always contact us through the Squarespace contact form, which we love. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to embed stuff, as we said. A feature that you love using when we're testing stuff out which is like password protect pages if you're not ready to launch them. You love putting a password on a page and being like, check this, make sure it's okay. But it's very helpful. Yes, of course I have to do yeah. that for testing, for beta yeah. testing. It's very Gotta nice. make sure it's right. You use it for beta testing, but you could also just like make pages private. If you don't want to like put every episode of like your secret podcast on your Squarespace, just put it behind the paywall. <laughs> oh my God. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, Go to squarespace.com slash who, W-H-O, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How much of this same? Chriselle Strauss and G-Flip as Ross Lynch and Troy Savon from the One of Your Girls music video for Halloween. Absolutely cursed. Some of the most cursed images I've ever seen. Crunch, crunch, gaga, cookie. They're like so good at getting attention, I have to say at this point. Chriselle is kind of a master of like hoodum, I would say, of our modern era or something. Don't you think? I think she is. She's observed for so long, <laughs> you know? Right. She's been observing from the outskirts of them dumb. But she's like having fun with it too. Yeah. Like there's a joy in her hoodum. That's what I think maybe is what why I like it so much. It's like there's not a sadness and how she kind of became a bigger who was not through mm-hmm. something depressing. It was like she was dumped by this like more famous person who I would argue is less famous than her now. And then she was like, I'm having a sexual reawakening and dating like Australia's biggest who biggest musician who or something. <laughs> like that I think is it's like all these things combined, but there, there's nothing kind of dark about it. There's no mistresses or, you know, car crashes or anything like that. Yeah, there's no mistresses or car crashes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just thinking of dark things that aren't like actually dark to say, but you get it. Yeah, she's nothing if not honest to a fault. In the clip that was sort of going viral this week where she's confronting or is being confronted by Mary Lou at a restaurant while Jason is on the phone, Jason and or Grayson are on the phone. Oh, Chrishell never quite seems to understand what everyone's problem is because everyone else is sort of like putting on a show and she never really seems to be putting on a show. Right. Well, she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Not in the context of like we're on TV and sometimes you just like talk nonsense on TV because it's it's for TV. She's kind of like, what are you saying? Like what? <laughs> If she's not actually naive, she's a, an expert at pretending to be no, naive. No, I know. You know? Right. Which makes her right. charming. I think there's a sense of humor there. I mean, I sent this photo to our friends and our friend Marion goes, oh, is she fuck? Because like it is also, and I was like, oh no, that was a different costume. Yeah. But 
she's kind of giving fuck. She's there. She's they dressed fuck. up as Troy Sivan and Ross Lynch from the recently one of released your girls music, music video, video. One of your girls were toys and drag. So it's like, it is funny because it just, this just happened. It's like they did something that happened yesterday, you know? <laughs> this costume is also giving like stuff I had around. <laughs> like, Sure, but I think the main point of the costume is gender bending for this couple. Yes. Like this couple's like, oh, look, like I'm normally more mask, but like now I'm femme. Or like I'm mm-hmm. normally more femme and now I'm wearing a chest, like a male chest plate. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to call that. What do you, like a, a chest plate I know is tits, but like this is obviously a chiseled chiseled masculine bod you know chiseled peck plate yeah a peck plate yeah i don't know the terminology but you get what i'm saying these photos though are immediately disarming (laughs) i mean they do sort of look like ai these photos (laughs) they look like ai they really do i guess the point is that these two are having fun and then obviously if you do any research you realize it's like g is australian troy is australian Australian. they probably know each other they're both nominated for many aria awards which is the grammys in australia which is so Mm -hmm. nice g flip is nominated for lots of arias they're buds like they're they've been photographed together looking like buds g and troy so i'm sure they're buds of course who wouldn't be friends with g or troy i know the 2023 inductee into the ARIA Hall of Fame will be the rock band Jet, known for their 2003 international hit, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? That's Hall of Fame. That's Hall of Fame. That's Australia Hall of Fame right there. Speaking of Halloween, no one called about this, but I kind of was obsessed with it yesterday, and so was Lindsay, so was Timmy. Emily Hampshire of Schitt's Creek fame, who was Stevie in Schitt's Creek, got into a little bit of trouble yesterday. She dressed up as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard for Halloween. That's what everyone said. She said it too. I dressed up as Johnny Depp Amber. I don't know which one she, she is. she dressed up as... She dressed she's up Am- as... She's Amber? No, she's Johnny. I th- she's Johnny. Well, she's look Johnny. at the photos. It's hard to tell which one's which. No, but that's definitely her. And that's not her. In the the one who's, Am- who's Amber is not her. See, I thought she was Amber. She's Johnny in drag. Okay. You can tell. That's her face. Look at her. Look at... Compare the... I think they both look at the look women. Like her. That's I not... think they both look like her face, to be honest. I think but... you I think you're doing a little bit of brown hair, women look the same thing, but I think yeah. she's Johnny, yeah. But she dressed up in a couple's costume as Johnny Depp with Amber Heard in like during their court trial, posted it to the grid, not even to stories. Like LOL, happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> no, and it's not like, oh, I can't quite tell. It's you can tell like you can tell. Like it's very they're like reenacting things, you know? Like there's poop in the bed. Remember that? Yes. I don't need a caption to know that that's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to be like repulsed by this. So it turns from something that's like inherently despicable to something that's just like very, very stupid. stupid. <laughs> like, right. Not only did she do it and think it was funny with her friends, she said, my fans will like this. The audience of Shit's Creek will find this funny. But it's also annoying because then the comments are people being like, how dare you do this but then also people being like everyone is too woke and like everyone is too sensitive and it's like mm-hmm. okay that now you're causing the worst thing of all which is this i would say the spookiest um thing you could do is cause like a cancel culture discussion <laughs> in your comments because she posted an apology <laughs> yeah. and left the comments open and it's te- the whole thing is just now even more terrifying than the original photos do you not agree because now people are saying, like, you didn't have to apologize for this. And yeah. then people are like, I thought it was funny. And then some people were like, this apology wasn't good enough. You know, like, it's just the comments are hell. But, like, respect to her for leaving them open because not everyone I does. I mean, 
Oh my God. Okay. So the apology is I want to address what is one of the most thoughtless, insensitive, and ignorant things I've ever done. For Halloween, I stupidly thought it would be funny to dress as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I am deeply sorry and ashamed for putting something that awful out in the universe. Domestic abuse is never, ever funny. These are real issues with real people, and I really regret my actions. In the future, I will do better. I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. And this apology came like hours after she deleted it. Do you think that's a bad apology? I think it's a fine apology. I think the apology is fine. Yeah. There's no like excuses in it. It's like, yeah. I did this. I did Here's this what and I'm happened. sorry. Yeah. It was yeah. dumb. I shouldn't have done it and I will do better. And the comments are like, ah! <laughs> but in both directions. The top comment cracks me up because the top comment is Andrew Rannells just saying heart, 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 heart. Yeah. <laughs> no other celebrity dared to respond to this. But Andrew Rannells was like, heart, 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 heart. <laughs> I mean, it is just how dare you. Honestly, what's most offensive is reigniting the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard like conversation and like getting those people back out to like comment on it, you know, Mm -hmm. because that Mm -hmm. was a bad time for us all in culture. Scrolling through these comments is like being at a tennis match where your head is just going left and right because it's like, no no, need to apologize, girly. It's okay to be funny. And the next is like, fucking stupid decision. What the fuck were you thinking? And the next one was like, there's no need for an apology from you. It was funny. And then yikes. Oh, my God. It's just, it's left and right, back and forth. I wonder what her dear friend Jenna Lyons had to say about it. Oh, my God. You're right. They're Oh, and and they dated. When she popped up on an episode of Real House of New York. She's like, I'm helping my friend Emily Hampshire, like, do the interiors for her house. Hi, Emily. (laughs) And you're kind of like, what? And then suddenly it's the next scene. You're like, oh. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, sure. Whatever. Oh, all right. Jenna Lines is really going through it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Let's play the next call. We went off on a tangent. Who Weekly? Who Weekly? Who Weekly? Jeremy Allen White and Rosalia are at the farmer's market together. What? Crunch, crunch. Again, there's not much here. Rosalia, them, Jeremy Allen White. Sorry, this guy's still a who. I think the funniest thing here is, I'm not sure if this was you or Timmy who realized this. This is his MO. <laughs> he takes his new gal pals to the farmer's market to buy flowers when it's real. <laughs> I'd love that. The perfect date. No problems there. What a great spotting. But the best part of this is not that. The best part of this is that we got a call from someone who saw them separately, but at the same together. location on the Patreon. And mm-hmm. we played it. Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I have the scoop of a century. Okay, I'm at Los Feliz Street, the tiny movie theater. They only show, like, one movie. Okay, we were wa- I'm watching Wild Thing. I'm walking down the aisle. It's dark. I run into someone. It's Jeremy Allen White. I run into Jeremy Allen White, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Why is he at the movies? I guess he lives in Los Feliz. Whatever. After the movie ends, I go to the bathroom. Who is in the bathroom? Rosalia putting on a full face of makeup in the bathroom of Los Feliz 3, the jankiest theater ever. I love it. Rosalia is in Los Feliz in the bathroom, putting on a full face of makeup after a movie, after Wild Things. Why is she watching Wild Things at Los Feliz 3? Why is Jeremy Allen White also watching Wild Things? They're both single. I'm just, I'm just, you know, take what you will with that. Don't play this. Play this. I don't know. Respect their privacy. Don't respect their privacy. I don't know. 
but I'm just saying that I witnessed two huge major hotties, single celebs in the same place at the same time. I didn't see them together, but I saw them in the same place separately. So just letting you hear that. You heard it here first. Jeremy Allen White and Rosalia. Crunch, crunch. Maybe don't play those to respect their privacy, but honestly, if the scoop comes out, you can play those. I don't know. Whatever. Love ya. Bye. Crunch, crunch. And we were kind of hedging our bets, actually kind of conservatively. We were like, oh, this seems unlikely uh, just because two people, famous people were at the same place. Because also the same time, remember, there was a spotting and we of Aubrey, Aubrey O'Day, not Aubrey O'Day. Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza and Plaza, Noah Centineo. Yeah. And Noah Centineo. And everyone was like, ooh la la. And it was like, no, they just were both seeing a David Mamet play. This, I also was was similar. I think it was a screening of, not The Exorcist, but wild like something. Wild Things. Rose, wild <laughs> it was wild things and it was the one it Thank was the you. one for karina longworth it was the one for you must remember this it was like her programming Incre- i mean that's incredible for karina shout out to karina like oh my god so somebody spotted her she saw jeremy allen white and, she, and in the theater and then she saw rosalia in the bathroom and she was like hmm interesting and then that same spotting which i don't know if there was lots of people at the los feliz three seeing wild things a lot of pop culture fans you might argue who would recognize rosalia and jeremy allen white so it was also submitted to Demois on October 23rd, not that long ago, said, uh, oh no, this might be the same person. And after the it movie, I the went to the bathroom. might be the because it's the same I know. story we got. Which I'm like, how dare you double dip into our, either you tip <laughs> us or you tip her. You tip Melissa or you tip us. You don't tip us both, okay? Maybe multiple people saw both of them, you know? Uh, but, but saw her in the bathroom putting yeah. on a full face of makeup. Yeah. But also this person said, I didn't see them together, which is what our caller said too. So it seems a little bit of a similar story. It's giving plant, honestly. Maybe it was a group of friends that were there and one friend called us and one friend submitted to Demois. Now I'm feeling like we got played. The same person who told Melissa told us and is working for Rosalia's like publicity team. <laughs> I know. But at least the one tip that we got crossover with Melissa turned out to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, now there are just photos of them together. God, I can't believe someone someone called us and Melissa. That really is pissing me off. <laughs> You're so mad. You're so mad. Pick one. Only if it's right, other. though. Only if it's right, though. But anyway, if you are spotted buying flowers at the farmer's market with Jeremy Allen White, you're dating. <laughs> because this happened with Ashley Moore two months ago. I mean, clearly he's just sewing it. He clearly is having fun. Like, because he's been spotted with like, lots oats? of oats. <laughs> yeah, I, then I decided I hate that. I hate that turn of phrase. Didn't Brittany use it in her book? Means? Yeah. Yeah, she did. I was like, oh my God. The phrase really I can't believe I kn- knew it, but I was sewing like, this is gross. So I'm. No, it's gross. And so what I really do want to say is I think he's just like fucking around having fun. Mm-hmm. But if he misses everyone's Rosalia, right. Death sentence. <laughs> I'm serious. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next call. <laughs> An otherwise silent dinner. So there's this clip going around of Sierra singing Unstoppable Acapella at an otherwise silent dinner party for Kathy Griffin. It's just like this table with people around it. It looks honestly like it's like a scene from like a hostage situation or like a shitty low budget thing. Um, but that's beside the point. What I want to understand is like how 
did that situation even come about? Like, you were sitting at a normal dinner party. The guys from Modern Family are there. Like, a bunch of other celebrities are there. You're around this weird square table in a sterilely lit room, and it's silent. And you're like, hey, you, sing a cappella? Like, how does that end First of all, I, I I'm know. stopping the call myself. Yeah, I can't with this. This incredulous, this faux incredulous. Listen. How did Ari Aster's Sia singing Unstoppable Acapella at an otherwise silent dinner party happen? It's because you become rich and famous and live in L.A. and these are your friends. And this is what you do. This is what people do there. This is what you do at a dinner party. And they're so moved. And then you're at a dinner party at a square table, by the way. It should be a circle table. If you're rich and famous, you have a circle table. To be fair, I would attend this party because I would have to see what's going on here. And if Sia just started singing at the table, I would just also sit there in silence and be like... You have to vibe with it. What am I doing here? What are you going to do? Put some salad on your plate while it's happening? No, you can't do that. Yeah, I would, <laughs> she's singing. I'm like, can somebody pass the whatever? <laughs> Notice all their plates are empty. All the meaning. plates are empty. There's a caterer that's going to come and deliver everything. <laughs> They're yeah. making them wait to eat before <laughs> Sia is done singing an acapella of Unstoppable. This was the this was spookier than Halloween, and it came in a week before on October twenty second. Not only is it weird, rich LA behavior where it's sort of like everyone in the world is the most talented person ever, and you have to respect their talents and like constantly praise them for their talents, which is exactly what's happening here. But they're all performers, and they know they're being videotaped. I think that like this would have happened whether or not it ended up on TikTok. But, like, because they knew they were being filmed, they're being even muggier for the camera. What I want to guess, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, is looking around this table at the people. I think the person whose dinner party this is Kathy Griffin. Like, I think it's, it's Kathy Griffin. No, it's Kathy Griffin. Yeah, it's Kathy Griffin. She's, She's getting into TikTok, too. the table. Too. We've yeah. got Lance Bass. We've got Selma Blair. We've got Sia. We've got Pamela Adlon, who I know Ferguson. is Kathy's good friend. I don't think Pamela Adlon would be there if it wasn't for Kathy. Like, it just – it gives Kathy's – house and it gives Kathy's friends and the shamelessness of posting it is the most I think Kathy, Kathy of the grunge ever. Kathy yeah. of the bunch did I just say grunge did yeah. you see and this is so fun that Kathy has been posting full episodes of my life on the D list on her Twitter on her, on her TikTok the only reason to open up TikTok this week is to watch full episodes of my life on the D list mm-hmm. I'm serious no I know she gets the title wrong. She calls it Unbreakable. And then she's like, wait, wait, Unstoppable. <laughs> Stop. Really? Funny. Called Unbreakable. Uh, unbreakable. Wait, wait, wait. Unstoppable. 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 Okay. I'm, there we go. I'm Unstoppable. I'm, I'm a Porsche with no brakes. Also, I have to pause it. That line always cracks me up. I'm a Porsche with no brakes. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm invincible. table everyone seems really earnestly like oh i can't believe we're having this i can't believe we're doing this yeah yes everyone but selma who does who does sort of seem like she's holding back laughter <laughs> she has maybe, sort of a she, she has is. sort of a funny little smile on her face she's like this is crazy this she is she kind crazy. of does you're right 
She kind of it's does. It's very weird. Pamela looks at Lance at one point and is like, can you believe? And then they're both that's, sort no, of that, shooby-dooby-doo That's the that killed me. Yeah. Can you believe? Can you believe? Us? This? Tonight? And then, you know, when the camera turned off, then all the caterers came in and like delivered the food. And then they had a more normal dinner party. What do you think they ate for dinner? Probably something vegan. I was going to say, somebody there's got to be vegan. I feel like if you have a dinner party for people in Los Angeles, it probably has to just like you have to default to veganism. It has to be vegan. Which I'm yeah, not saying a shade. Everyone... I love vegan food. It's probably something delicious and vegan that they had no part in planning or choosing or cooking. No, but it's easy to just default to yeah. vegan and not offend anyone. Yep. Yeah, I bet it was something vegan. There's also a lot of bad vegan food too. So oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not counting on it being absolutely delicious, but I, but I believe that it is vegan. Yeah. Unstoppable recently became Sia's like, oh yeah, sixth billion mm. stream song on Spotify. Cool. Okay. That's what's happening. Don't ask why these things happen. It's it's LA. <laughs> it's LA. This ain't no disco. It ain't no country club either. This is LA. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, I keep seeing Keith Lee on my TikTok. Um, he's some sort of food critic online, and he apparently reviewed these restaurants, including something called The Real Milk and Honey. Um, who is Keith Lee? Uh, crunch, crunch. Live in the Vita laptop. Bye. Interesting thing. I saw a comment on one of Keith Lee's TikToks from someone that really was interesting to me in terms of his newfound attention, mm -hmm. right? And the person said, it's really hard to go from being viral to famous. And and it's and it's it's fucked up that his family is or like that he has to deal with with that mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was like, wow, okay, interesting. So like the distinguishing between viral and famous where like viral is like your 15 minutes of fame and then famous is like you go places and people bother you, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the difference. And so like this guy who was reviewing food on TikTok and people really liked his his personality and his taste and he just was kind of the everyman. Like that's his whole thing is like I'm not a food critic and this is all about your personal taste, but I'm going to try these foods and I'm going to tell you if I think that they're good. Okay, fine. That's like right. – that's like what the tale is old as time in terms of like content online, right? Like, yeah. The other TikTok food review critics that we've talked about on the show, the VIP list, girlies, they go to exclusive places and they're total assholes about everything. Keith Lee goes to places <laughs> that you or I could feasibly probably get into pretty right, easily he's... and gives very earnest reviews. I'm kind. I'm normal. I'm you. The VIP list girlies like I'm better than you. <laughs> Well, their whole thing is like they care about hospitality too, but they are, they care about hospitality for them in their position, which is like getting a free comped meal. And, and that hospitality is never going to be the same that you receive as a normal person going somewhere. And this Keith Lee is obsessed with the idea that he wants to experience hospitality in the, the way that it the, the restaurant is doing it. And also there's also a charity component because he's literally like tipping waiters $500 and like matching restaurant sales for the day. And he's having people message him. Oh, is there a restaurant that's not doing well where the food is good and no one's heard of it? So he, you can't even compare to the VIP girls. Like right. the way that he's getting dragged and they're not is so upsetting to me because like they're out here being like, the lobster was $4,000 and it was fucking <laughs> disgusting. And he's being like, oh, I went to this like taco hole in the wall that like no one, no one goes to. And it was really delicious and then they 
they have business for years, you know? Right. When the Viabulous girlies go to a restaurant that they like and that they compliment, which is kind of rare. No, it's not that rare. But it's not like that place is suddenly going to be crowded. No, it's already crowded. The point is you can't get into the places that they go to in the first place, which mm-hmm. is kind of why they're so funny because you're like, they're like, you got to try the clam chowder at fish or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, like I'm never trying. I'm never I'm doing I'm never going to get in there like, and I'm never going to spend that money I'm never going to get a reservation. So don't worry about it, girlies. So Keith Lee went to Atlanta to like do a little travel. That's not where he lives. So he's always, he's at Vegas. Vegas. They live in Vegas because he was an MMA fighter, which before this, like Mm -hmm. a working MMA fighter and him and his family after the success of the TikTok got in a van, I think, and are traveling around the country together to different cities to like try different restaurants. Like Mm -hmm. he's doing like a tour and the tour is like, he's like, I'm going to New York. Send me places, play, send me restaurants that you like that I should go check out where, yep. you know, whatever. And there, but, but he wants mom and pops. He wants, you know, very like that, which is funny because I thought I hadn't heard of him, but I had because he was the one that blew up Cuts and Slices. Do you know that place in yep. bed mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he's the one who like, I think made it huge. They have the oxtail pizza and he goes there and he tries it and he's like, this is delicious and da, da, da. So mm-hmm. That was like early last year. Yeah. 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 It was like a while ago. Mm-hmm. So he's in Atlanta with his family. And because he's now famous, he went, he's viral and famous. He, people recognize him, especially it's giving um, Phantom Gourmet. Like he has to be a Phantom yeah. Yeah. and he likes eating in his car. So he makes his family, they either order before out. and they go into the restaurant or he makes his family go in the restaurant and get the food. And then they eat it in the car because that's kind of part of like the vibe of the TikTok. Like they're not recording in restaurants, which I actually kind of love. Like they're doing it in the car. Mm-hmm. I've only eaten in Atlanta a few times in my life. And I guess looking back, every time was a long wait, but I didn't really think anything of it because I only went to restaurants that were recommended to me. But I guess this is pervasive and very common in Atlanta where the lines are long. Sometimes you can't get takeout. Sometimes you can't really predict whether or not a restaurant will even be open or when it will close. And Keith Lee is discovering this in real time and documenting this in his TikToks. Me and my family are in Atlanta, and currently we are at the Real Milk and Honey. I got it. Let's try it at rating 1 through 10. As you can see, I don't have any bags in my hands. We are at the Real Milk and Honey on Main Street and College Park. Before we came, we attempted to call our order in. We were greeted with an automatic message that said they do not take call-in orders. The automatic message said the only way you can do pickup is through DoorDash. We went through DoorDash. They was closed. But online, it said they closed at 5 o'clock. We went on DoorDash at 4 o'clock. But we were already here, so we just went inside. I stayed in the car and my family went in and they told them they were closed early for deep cleaning. Yet the door is wide open and it's people still going in and grabbing their orders. Now we have no idea if those people ordered beforehand or what the case is. Also, the people who relayed this message, my family said were really nice. It's just the rules. And so far being in Atlanta, I found some places do have unique rules and this is one of them. I want to be very clear. We're not blaming one person or saying one person was rude in plain terms. Don't call this restaurant trying to get nobody fired. Ain't nobody do nothing. This is just the rules they had. If you don't like their rules, their rules not for you. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. And what's funny is after this all went down, other people spoke up and they were like, yeah, Atlanta's kind of crazy. Like it is weird the way that they, that all, a lot of the restaurants there treat people like this. Like Cardi mm-hmm. B went on a rant and was like, seems like uh, people in Atlanta don't like money. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> you have to play the clip because she it. puts it as in Cardi B terms so simply. She's kind of like, in my experience, like, unless you drop your name, you're not eating, you know, yep. or you're waiting two hours or whatever. I feel like Atlanta restaurants, they don't like to make money. I feel like they don't like people. They don't like their customers. They just don't fucking like it. You could barely order 
in Atlanta restaurants. Like you go like, hey, I would like to make order. Oh yeah, we don't make, we don't we don't take orders. We don't take orders. It gets to the point that I literally have to name like I have to tell like people that order food for me like, can you just name drop my name? Because first and first, they just don't they don't do no pickup orders. They don't do deliveries. They just don't do shit. Second, Atlanta restaurants, right? They be closed on the most random shits. Like it's like you look at a re- you go looking for a restaurant on Google and it's like, oh, this shit look good. Oh, they close or oh, they'll just have the most random days closed. Like, oh, they close on Tuesday. Or like it's just the most random shit. Like it's like y'all motherfuckers don't like making bread. Like I don't fucking get it. So he has this experience and what sucks is because he's so popular. The, the energy online is so awful around him because it's like that's what happens when you reach a certain point that they start like attacking these restaurant owners for like being busy or something mm-hmm. or like having not the most amazing ho- uh, hospitality. And then he has to be like, okay, we'll stop, da, da, da. And then he's diplomatic through the entire process. Like, no, even he, when it's he's not like, on him for sure. Because he's like, I wanted to go to all these trendy restaurants like Milk and Honey. I wanted to go to all these places in Atlanta that I've heard are good, that are recommended to me by my followers. And I tried, and it didn't work out. But I understand, you know, I'll I'll play the clip, but he's like, he's being very kind anytime he can't get in. Then the owners of Milk and Honey got into it, and they posted a TikTok being like, who is Keith Lee? But as a lot of people pointed out, it's like, you know exactly who Keith Lee is. Like, don't act like you don't know who Keith Lee is. I mean, they, they went to Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta's restaurant, and then she wrote Old a response that was like actually really nice. She was like, yeah, we're busy, and we don't do takeout on the weekends because that's how busy we are, and our staff would get overwhelmed and blah. So it's like everyone is mostly being fine about it, except for the commenters. What I think is so funny about this is that TikTok is so democratizing in a way that is so interesting that like most food critics, and I would argue at this point he is one, most food critics do get comped and not comped, but they do get like, they do uh, sometimes comped. They get special treatment. They get, so so a lot of their reviews are not going to be about the experience of getting the food. Like that's, that's relatively new. Like that is more of a let's say a Yelp type review or something where somebody's like, I actually physically couldn't get the food or they were rude to me or I waited or whatever, whatever. Like you're not really getting that from other food critics on this level. And that's why I think it's so interesting that he's so focused on the hospitality and the kind of like behavior of the, of the staff and the kind of owner or whatever. It's new. And the authentic experience, because he says in a couple of instances in Atlanta, when he was recognized or even when his family was sort of clocked when the name was clocked they offered him like basically to cut the line it's like oh right and he's never like, mind no. we can serve you and he always declines because he's like i don't want to be treated like this and that's not the authentic experience which is extremely rare i think for the record afterwards i did walk in and they did recognize me and they attended the services but i respectfully declined i'm a normal person i pay for my food like everybody else i walk in spots like everybody else we are all normal people respectfully if you're not gonna do it then don't do it now he's and again he never when he discusses those moments there's never like a hint of disdain in his voice at all Mm -hmm. you know but that's his kind of style. He's a very, he's giving religion. He's very religious. And mm-hmm. I think he's just very like zenned out by that. And he he's often posting thank yous and this and that. And like he's really thoughtful about his energy, you know? He's not like out here 
fighting with restaurant owners or like trying to get people but he is kind of like it's a lose-lose because I can't be positive I can't be negative like you I can't win in terms of the response to the review like I'm either too positive or I'm too negative and like Mm -hmm. it puts me in a bad position which is like again that's the problem with like this community-based reviewing a food critic again can just write what they want put it in put it Mm -hmm. and publish like publish it and they don't need to worry about the success of that restaurant or at least they shouldn't worry about the success of that restaurant but because he's got himself wrapped up in the success of these restaurants that's the problem you know and i don't want to make it seem like he's never negative about food he's he's still criticized food he's negative about food but the thing is like he's a he's so authentic that people too salty did you notice that he's always like too salty yes yes it's just it's He's always, you never get the sense that he is pretending for the sake of maintaining a good relationship with someone or for the sake of getting something no. free or because there's any sort of, no. or he was treated badly. So he's going to say that food was bad. Like it's always very authentic. And I think that's sort of what is so jarring to people and also so endearing to people. Isn't this just a case too of like somebody gets too big online and just like their haters come out? Like there's yeah, no, like he's not doing it. It's just like, hate. it's just like hater culture, which is what's mm-hmm. kind of annoying because I'm kind of like, yeah, this is like interesting because it covers lots of different elements of celebrity like in an on in the online space or whatever mm-hmm. but also he's just like a tiktok star as big than as any big tiktok star but now mm-hmm. interacting with the real world more than maybe he would like yeah because <laughs> he's like i have social anxiety like come up if you come up to me at disney world like just make sure you're like don't you know don't yell or whatever like yeah. he, he had to say that you know he was like we're gonna be at disney like you know i have a little bit of social anxiety so don't you can say hi and ask to take a picture but please be please be calm be chill yeah i wanted to see if he was still fighting because like Lindsay mentioned he is an mma fighter and he's or he was and i was like did he stop fighting when he got famous he's still there's some recent fights on his espn profile he fought it as recently as september 2022 like he got famous in he got famous on tiktok or viral on tiktok in 2021 and he's fought a couple of times since he seems to be doing well though because he's given he's he's spending a lot of bills on these small businesses like he I saw him like match a woman's sales for the night because they stayed Mm -hmm. open late for them and they didn't even know it was them so he was very grateful and he was like how much did you sell today I'm gonna match that or whatever and just gave her two grand or whatever so it's like he seems to be doing this stuff seems to really be working you know like he's Mm -hmm. doing well he's making money he's able to still give honest reviews it's not even the spawn that's compromising him it's the it's the attention it's the it's the energy around it which sucks if you always want the authentic experience, they cannot know. They cannot know no. that it's you. No, that's the thing. I would love to go to Old Lady Gang. I was the one who watched. You never watched that show, did you? You were obsessed with Candy and the Gang. You were like, this is better than Housewives. It's like, good. nothing is better than Candy and the Gang. It's good. It seems. I mean, honestly, I kind of want to experience the drama of that restaurant. I like that it's dramatic. I know, I, obviously, I won't go hungry. I would bring a little snack because I know I'm waiting for hours. But <laughs> it would be fun to kind of see the kind of dramatics. And he said people go there like dressed to the nines because it's like Atlanta brunch is like very special, you know. Mm-hmm. And people dress up and stuff. So I'm like, oh, it sounds like so fun and glamorous. And candy's there. They said it was canceled. And then they said, never mind. It's coming back. Stop. Yeah. It's coming back. So it's coming back. I mean, I wonder if this is going to be part of the uh, part of the season. Who knows? It should. It should. It's a good show. I'm just like, I think that the the restaurants, I mean, which is, again, why don't I watch The Bear? 
I think that restaurants are fascinating. I love the way restaurants work. Oh my They're God. just so crazy. Get out of here. Like, then watch the bear. You <laughs> Now you just think it's fun. Now you're like, you know, you're. It's very Heather's like, why are you hitting yourself? I want to be famous. Imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for 50 bucks, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. You know what I recommend from Quince? I got a classic organic per sale duvet cover. I got it in, what color did I get it in? Sand? It's a mm -hmm. nice earthy, it's not white, but it's it's a nice off-white sand. It's great. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. I love it. It's very comfortable. Quince is very well known for their washable silk. I have a piece. I have a skirt, washable mm -hmm. silk skirt. And there's nothing like, again, I know we keep saying washable silk, but there's really truly nothing like washable silk because silk is really hard to take care of, good silk. And you can wash Quince silk. Mm -hmm. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices in premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. Wow. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash who to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash who. We're traveling to do English-speaking countries for the next leg of our tour. But if we want to travel to Japan or like Poland, we should use Rosetta Stone to learn a language. I'm definitely traveling to Japan and Poland, and I'm definitely using Rosetta Stone to learn a new language. We have to make Who Weekly multilingual with Rosetta Stone. That's been a fantasy of mine for a long time, Me to too. be a bilingual podcast. And the only way to do it is by using Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. They've been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They're known for their fast language acquisition because they immerse you in many ways. There are no English translations. You really learn to speak and think. There's an intuitive process and they're designed for long-term retention. They have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's an amazing value because Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in your entire life. That's Lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off steal. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership at 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com who today. Now that it's getting all cold, there's nothing like wrapping yourself up in your like blanket on your comfortable mattress. You really notice how comfortable a Helix mattress is in the winter. Well, because you're spending more time in your bed because it's cold. You're so cozy and you don't want to leave. I'm always checking the dog in bed. I mean, you're just like in bed, all cozy, look like type typing on the laptop, mm -hmm. doing fake work, reading a little mm -hmm. book. It's the only place to be, especially if you've got a Helix mattress. There's nothing like it. They have... 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Elite Collection. They have a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers. They have mattresses for kids. And of course, you take the quiz to find out which mattress is right for you. And then it ships to your door free of charge. And if you don't like it, they have a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty. So you can try it out and like return it if it doesn't work for you. I have the Midnight Lux, and it's so freaking comfortable. <laughs> 
and Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for hooligans. So go to helixsleep.com who and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I want to be famous. Okay, this has been weighing on me for the past couple of days. I need to get it out. Is hot honey a who or a them? I don't know if it's just the city that I live in. Like, I live in Richmond, Virginia, which is a small city. But it's like a, they consider themselves like a foodie city. And there's a hot honey company that's from here. So a lot of restaurants use hot honey. So I don't know if it's just like the bias of where I live that I think hot honey is a them. Or like, I feel like it's like having a buzzy moment. But is it like just having a buzzy moment or is it a them? Okay, that's all. Crunch, crunch. I chose hot honey because we just finished a food segment. Hot honey. Hot honey. Remember when hot honey was kind of rare and now hot honey is sort of everywhere? It's the most stereotypical food trend that we, it's like, it's giving Lambrusco. It's like Chipotle mayonnaise in 1999 or 2002. Right. But, But it follows the line of like the standard food trend you know happening like right Mm -hmm. it was like hot honey was like made by one guy put on pizza at a random place and then everyone started like making it then they were selling it remember mike's hot honey i think that was like that was the first one i ever bought hot honey and now it's like throw a rock at someone selling hot honey hot honey's always too expensive too no matter what brand it is it's always too expensive it's expensive but you know the bees the only thing I have hot honey for is dipping the pizza crust in it after I'm done with the pizza. Yeah, well, that's how it started. It's so good. So hot honey, I would say, is it a who or a them? One, two, three, them. them. Also because the name describes what it is. So I don't think that you're, right. you're kind of like, There's no what question is that? You're kind of like, honey. oh, it's hot honey. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Hi, DLT. Long time, long time. I am sitting at a Chinese restaurant with my husband on our one-week anniversary, and we were debating the peppers. Which peppers are the best? So we're wondering, can you rank from who to them? Peppers, green, red, yellow, orange, jalapeno, serrano? I don't know. Throw them in. You you, You decide. Crunch, crunch. There are so many peppers. Can I just break? Can we just do what I think is the funniest ranking of peppers? And I, yeah. so I, I understand there are more peppers than this. You just want to do but bell. Can we please just rank bell peppers? Because I do think it is funny that we have different colors of the most iconic pepper, which I guess you could argue is jalapeno or whatever, but let's not even go, go there. The most iconic pepper in the grocery market are your bell peppers because they're so bright and colorful and mm-hmm. like they're right there. Do you, mm-hmm. do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. Okay. So can we please just rank from who to them the colors, the bell pepper colors, please? I have my ranking, I think. Do you know? Did you know? I actually sort of found this out late in life, like maybe in my mid-20s. The green is just an unripe version of the yellow or the red or the orange or whatever. So I would say the red is the themiest pepper. That's always the pepper that I feel like is the one we're referring to when we refer to bell peppers. It's like a clip art pepper. Yeah, it's a clip art pepper. Then I would say green is the second themiest. Mm -hmm. Then I would say yellow. And then I would say orange. I feel like orange is kind of the one that no one talks about, but is the most beautiful pepper. I think I agree with that. I was actually going to say I have a hard time deciding which one's themy or yellow or orange, but I think you're right. Orange was new to me. Orange is like a new one to me. And now I buy it because of the color. Because I'm like, oh, cute. Like it's the same taste as yellow, essentially. 
it's just a little mm. bit it's a little bit less sweet than red and it's a little bit sweeter than green and it's, it's cuter than yellow it's crazy how expensive red bell peppers can be. <laughs> well, you live in New York, so I'm, I'm not sure that relates to the rest of the country. No, it's it's not just here. It's anywhere you buy groceries. The red is so much more expensive than a green. But the misinformation that you may have seen before is that you may have been told that peppers go from, as they mature on the vine, they go from green, then yellow, then orange, then red, and then that's the the final form of the pepper. That's not true. Uh, okay. The reds and the oranges <laughs> and the yellows are different peppers. They all start green and then they turn the final color. That's why jalapenos, if you let a jalapeno ripen, it's going to turn red. But usually when you buy them in a store, it's green. I'm, I'm not buying a red jalapeno. I'm not seeing that anywhere. I'm seeing a green jalapeno. Basically, the only way you see red jalapenos are in like string lights at a Mexican restaurant because most of the time you buy them, they're green. <laughs> But when they ripen, they turn red. Well, also, like, green lights aren't as fun as red lights. That's why exactly. they'd be red. That's exactly Because, like, who's right. hanging green lights? You want to be hanging red lights. That's exactly right. You could be right. hanging red and green lights, like Christmas peppers. Mm-hmm. But also, these are lights and these are not real peppers. Hi, Who Weekly. Second time, long time. I am going to sound a thousand years old right now, I guess. But that's just my life. Um... I have been seeing this new abbreviation for, like, basically, like, I'm laughing, but on the internet, and I-J-B-O-L, I just burst out laughing, I hate it, um, anyway, I miss LOL and HaHa and even LMAO, um, if you could rank them from who to them, maybe, or just also revel in being old and seeing slang go out of use. Anyway, crunch, crunch, bye. It's hard to ask two elder millennials to rank internet laughing because we've been around since the advent. And currently I feel like why you're asking about this is because you want us to come for Idjibol, which I, I love Idjibol. do because I love the uh, innovation of internet laughter technology online. <laughs> and I will always support new ways to seek that, you know, like we got really into like the send a voice note with your laughter because that's how like we were trying to reclaim the yeah the kind of yeah. oldest version in time, which is just literally laughing mm-hmm. audio audibly. Yeah. But then we got Ijibol and I have to argue Ijibol, I just burst out laughing, is pretty funny. It's pretty good. Do you say Ijibol or Ijbol? Ijbol? Is it Ijibol? I just say Ijbol. 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 Ijibol is kind of funnier because it sounds like it's a different language mm-hmm. to me in my brain. Ijbol. I just burst out The New York Times says it's Ijbol. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not going to trust the New York Times on this one. Though it may sound like a Korean word or the name of a new boy band, Ijbol, pronounced Ijbol, actually stands for I just burst out laughing. (laughs) What's cool about Ijbol is that when you first saw it, you did think it was like a Korean transliteration, which is actually really cool because it's like, oh, that'd be fun if we were actually taking from other languages. and Like, remember Kick? Kick, 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 kick. Remember when people used to do kick yeah. instead of lol? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah. And also it's I love SK, 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 SK is one of my favorites. Which is not another language. That's a good one. You still do that sometimes. Yeah. Okay, you have to add that to this list. Add and add kick. 
this keyboard is smash. I hate. You love that. I hate. <laughs> well, sometimes I just like he he. Sometimes he he is really gets the job done. Heh. Or heh. So we have Ijbol, haha, LMAO, ROFL, LOL, classic lol. Kick. Keyboard smash. And then he. I would argue that keyboard smash is going the way of the dinosaur because now on the new phones, it will correct your keyboard smash to a word and it will ruin your keyboard smash. Phones hate keyboard smash. You'll keyboard smash and then it'll say like ruthless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll keyboard smash and it'll go stallion. <laughs> and then you'll send your friends stallion. And they're like, what? And you're like, no, I was keyboard smashing. And then everyone in the chat has to say stallion. Like just, just says stallion. You'll keyboard smash and it'll go like potpourri. I know. It, <laughs> technology is st- is stealing keyboard smash from us. Yes. So keyboard smash okay. is... Uh, you're saying Are keyboard smash is the hooiest? Or no? I'm saying the I'm saying it's just going the I'm just saying it's it's going the beginning the way of the, the end for keyboard smash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, kick is I think hooiest for me. I never see that. Kick. You never seen kick. I never see that. Kick. Yeah. Kick. Move that at the kick. bottom. I think the themiest though is LOL. Maybe even that or is 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 haha the no, themiest. Pe- it has to be oh ha Oh my god, you're right. No, ha it has themiest. to be ha ha. Then it's LOL. Ha ha is the themiest. And ha ha includes any iteration of ha ha, like ha 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 ha, or ha, mm. lots of A's. That counts. I almost want to put keyboard smash under After LMAO. LMAO. Yeah. yeah. Because keyboard smash is also universal, there's no language with it. Right. And also, I would argue that. Ijbol and Raffle are like the same in the way that those are the Raffle's the older version of Ijbol. Like in terms of we're saying yeah. them yeah. like as one word, but they mean rolling on the floor laughing or I just burst out laughing. These are kind of like classic internet culture laughter mm-hmm. things, meaning had to hate to say it as much as we like Ijbol, it's not long for this world. Ijbol is also, I think, not gonna be sticking around. Because Raffle I don't know. Didn't. I it's think Ijbol Raffle's embarrassing. Well, I sort of, I recently wanted to reclaim Raffle because people stopped no. using it. And then I tried no. for a little bit and it like didn't take. It didn't take. Yeah, people were probably like, Ishbol, this is humiliating. Ishbol makes me laugh though. Like I actually do think Ishbol's around going to make it. I think Ishbol's, Ishbol's I think Ishbol's I don't think has so. it. You think there's an it factor and Ishbol has it? Mm-hmm. I think Ishbol. That's definitely last. I think Ishbol is the... um. Who are the who are the biggest it people right now? It's it's bear it's bear it's Iowa Debris and Jeremy Allen White. I guess those are the biggest people who we have coming. Ishbol is the I'm gonna say Ishbol is the Iowa Debris Jeremy Allen White of internet acronyms laughing laughter acronyms. You disagree? I, at this point, I we've gone too far. Yes, no, for sure, I agree. You haven't even seen it. Once again, it comes which up, proves its power. Not seen which the proves bear. its power. Okay. The Jeremy Allen White of, oh my God, Raffle. So then we go, so we go, haha, LOL, LMAO, keyboard smash, Ijbo, Raffle. Raffle. And then I have he, 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 and then. You think he, he is below Raffle? Okay, sorry, I'm making it. How often do you see he, 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 he? I see it more than Raffle. Okay, Ijbo, he, 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 Raffle. And kick. And kick. 
stupid. Very Ishbol. stupid. What's the one? You, what's good. the one you? What's the one you use the most? LMAO. Yeah, LMAO. Oh, yeah. Or LMAO. LMAO. Like the O at the end is long. LMAO. I don't really do O because the the a lot of O's is harder to do on uh, iPhone text. <laughs> um, you also do keyboard smash a lot, and you fuck it up, and then it. I love as a keyboard word. smash. So, but you're but it's like you really have to do it on the computer. You can't do it on your phone. One of the ones that's not here that doesn't count because it's not an acronym. I type laughing sometimes because I like when I'm actually laughing. I like to make it clear that I'm laughing. Like I'm laughing. I love saying I'm laughing no, in a text. No, but that's a that's another type of which is this, where you put it in the stars and you're, it's like it, that's very old internet culture, which is being like like I'm crack like I'm cracks up or like tears falling, like describing like in third person or whatever. You write just laughing. I'm searching my text for instances of I'm laughing, and I send that a lot. I'm laughing. <laughs> you say you say I'm laughing. I'm that's laughing. Very, um, that's very Seinfeld when he breaks up with the woman for being like, you're funny. Mm-hmm. Instead of laughing, she says, you're yeah. so funny. But I'm laughing that's, that's, you, over text is meant to, it, it meant to make it extremely clear that I am laughing. There's nothing more like debasing than... When you're next to someone, like when we're group write, chatting and, the same and, person yeah, next to you, and then you see me type LMAO and when I'm stone faced, I'm stone. You're not faced. laughing. You were. I would say that you rarely do that in our in our experience. You're act, if you're typing LMAO, I do you're laugh. laughing. <laughs> you do. I do. You know laugh what I'm not. You I'm know. Texting. You know what I tell you. I'm 100 percent never laughing when okay. I do the ha ha click back. I'm not fucking laughing. I'm not laughing. Uh, Sorry. Wow, Lindsay just sent me when I do a, the, a text that I sent her on October 25th that said, I'm laughing. Um, when I do the tap back that says, ha ha, I'm not laughing. We all know what the tap back is mostly for. What is it for? Ending the conversation. <laughs> I hate the tap backs. No matter I what your tap back, whether you're doing exclamation, ha ha, thumbs up, thumbs down, heart, whatever, it is a period. <laughs> A tap back is a period, yeah, it's, I believe. No, it's true. Because That's it's true. sort of like, well, do we have to keep this going? Let's just like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just thumbs so, up it. That's so bleak. It's really bleak. The tap back is actually like the worst thing Apple's ever done, and I wish they would get rid of it. I use it all the time, and I wish they would get rid of it. It's like the end of discourse. Mm-hmm. No, it's like the end of discourse. It really is. It's the end of discourse. And you know what's really fucked up to think about? The amount of time, money, and research that went into them choosing those six. <laughs> Heart, thumbs up, rank thumbs them, down, ha-ha, Rank them, who to them. Oh. <laughs> rank them, who to them. Okay, it's heart, now. thumbs up, thumbs down, ha-ha, exclamation, exclamation, and question. Okay, I'll, I have it. I have it. Heart is number... Ha, heart is... Heart is the themiest. Is the themiest. Thumbs up is the second themiest because it's like actually like, oh, can we meet at Fifth Street? And it's like thumbs up. It goes heart, thumbs up, ha ha, exclamation, thumbs down, question mark. Because question mark is the worst thing you could ever possibly Question get. mark is the worst one. I think actually I would put thumbs down before exclamation because exclamation doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exclamation does mean received. <laughs> it either could mean, I used to think it meant like, what? Huh? Oh, like that. Mm-hmm. But then I was told to some people it means just like, wow. Yeah, that's or, how I use it. Like, oh my, OMG. Yes. Oh, okay. Hard, thumbs up, ha ha, 
thumbs down, exclamation point, question mark. The worst one. Question mark is the worst. It doesn't even ask what you're asking. Who, what, where, when, why. It's just, a, you're going to need to know. I don't, what do I, what do you need to know about this? It's, it's rude. It's like, why did you send this? What is this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. It's, it's the Carrie Mulligan and she said, it's what exactly are we looking what at What exactly here? am I looking at here? <laughs> it's like, oh, someone sent me a set photo from Maestro and I go, question? <laughs> and why would you send a question mark tap back when you could just send the clip of Carrie Mulligan doing and saying, what exactly are we looking at here? Which I know you have on hand. Which is why I have that as one of my stickers and my iMessages so I can just like drag Carrie Mulligan standing with her coffee. Wait, you have it as a sticker in your iMessage? Do it. What is it exactly that we're looking at here? What exactly is it that we're looking at here? What exactly is it that we're looking at here? See, there it is. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a sticker. And she's going, what exactly are we looking at here? Well, she just appears. She's holding a coffee, actually. (laughs) What is it exactly that we're looking at here? Well, she has to be holding the coffee because then you know it's, what exactly are we looking at here? I don't use it enough. She looks so funny. Stop adding her. Stop. I don't know why I don't use it You know what's never going to become popular culture? Stickers. They're, they keep trying. It's like, no one's using these. But the thing is, the stickers are so funny. The stickers are the funniest thing Apple's yeah, ever but done. Yeah, but they're not like, they're, <laughs> they're just culture. The culture doesn't want them. The thing is, though, the culture needs them. Okay. <laughs> See, I can just say, let's, you know exactly what that means. What exactly is it we're looking at here? Let's end the show. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling in at 619 who them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Support us on patreon.com slash for bonus episodes, a Discord server, commentary tracks, and more. You can also get the audio only, the audio only on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> People were so alarmed when you stopped saying audio only. I know, only that's twice. why I did it again. They thought something was wrong with you. <laughs> the audio only, audio only on Apple Podcasts. And I think that's it. Oh, what are we talking about on the Patreon this weekend? That's right. Three memoirs. Oh my God, we read, we read Britney Spears. You read Jada. I read Julia Fox. We're talking about the first episode of The Guild Age. We're talking about the, the next episode of The Morning Show. We're talking about the penul- be penultimate episode of Morning Show Season 3. Oh, my three. God. <gasps> We're going to be carve out some time. We're, we have a lot to talk about. It's a long episode. Can I record at your house tomorrow? Is that okay? I'm, tell- I'm asking of you on Of course. Yeah, okay, great. obviously. I'll bring yeah, coffee. Of course. Um, I got a new chair. Great. I can't wait you to can sit, sit in it. it. Okay. Bye. Bye. What is it exactly that we're looking at here? I just want you all to know that I've had the most dehumanizing um, Duncan experience in the whole world just now. Um, I do not live anywhere near one, and I'm back east for my best friend's wedding. And so I was like, I will stop in to read myself, whatever. and. Actually, I didn't go in. I went through the drive-thru. I got a medium iced chai because I don't drink coffee and a Boston cream donut and pull up to the window and I pay and I get my donut and I have to wait for a while to get my um, chai. And I don't drink coffee. I don't like the way it tastes. And you can say, oh, it's an acquired taste. Why would I want to acquire it? It's bad. And, like, 
I'm sure there's good coffee out there, but, like, that's not happening at Dunkin', right? So they give me my drink. I pull out of the parking lot. I take a sip. It's, co- it's just straight coffee. So as I turn around, I go up. So when I say, this is coffee, and I ordered a chai, whatever. And he said, it tastes like coffee. And rolled his eyes and then took it from me and brought it back. It was literally just a cup with milk in it and ice. And I said, oh, okay, bye. So that was my experience. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I am, my name is Ben, um, relatively short-time listener, first-time caller. I am giving you guys a call because you were talking about uh, rugby in the last episode, and you guys were talking about how you've never uh, seen a rugby match, Lindsay. Um, and I used to play rugby in college. Before I transitioned, I joined my university's women's team in order to meet girls um, and actually ended up dating another trans man on the team, so it doesn't really work. But um, anyway, you guys were talking about um, traumatic head injuries in rugby, and it's actually significantly less of a problem than it is with football because, number one, there's a really big emphasis on, like, tackling people correctly instead of just hitting people with your body. They, like, they tackle at the knees and bend you in a really specific way to make you gentler and kind of protect your head. Um, and because there aren't any pads, really, you are less likely to use your full force because you're trying to protect yourself. Um, and it's uh, why, like, um, boxing has so many, like, those bad traumatic head injuries, but uh, other types of have no physical sports. So, um, so yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Um, last thing I say about rugby is best part is when um, you take the shortest people or, like, the smallest people on the team and you, like, uh, throw them into the air by their pants and they have to fight midair for the ball. It's uh, really wild. Anyway, um, love rugby. Love you guys. Uh, crunch, crunch. Me in France. Hi. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I just paused the pod where you were talking about why you should trust celebrity skincare lines. I've been working in skincare marketing for years now, and you shouldn't trust any of it. Um, skincare and makeup are one of those things where, like, you actually don't have to know anything to make a line. All you have to have is enough money to buy a formula off of a lab. Like, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to know things about skincare. You don't have to know what any of the ingredients do. You just need to have a big old wad of cash to call up a factory and say, hi, I want you to make me a hydrating serum, and I want it to have algae in it because everybody's talking about algae. Then you pay them for it. Then you buy the bottles, and then you ship it out. Like, you don't have to know anything, and all of it is a lie. Like, all skincare marketing, 99% of it is just, like, not true or fake. Maybe the ingredients in the thing are real, but they don't do anything. The marketing team barely knows what they do. Like, the amount of begging I've had to do from product development to be like, please, please tell me, like, why do people care about, you know, this ingredient being in this formula? And they're just like, I don't know, cuz. Um, and I make shit up is astounding. And, like, you might be hearing this thinking, oh, wow, she's not good at – this is the job. Like, this is every person who works in skincare marketing, like beauty marketing. It's fully a scam. Like, it's almost completely unverified. Even when you see those, like, studies on packaging, I write those questions specifically to get specific answers out of the, like, test subjects. 
And then they answer the questions, and I already know what they're going to say back because I word the questions in a way to, like, serve me. It's all a lie. Don't trust it. Crunch, crunch. Wow. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, so we were at Emma, an original hooligan's wedding. Hi. Um, and we were just wondering, so during the wedding, um, Padum by Kylie Minogue was playing, and my husband asked, is this? Is that more Demi than Little Drummer Boys? Padum dum dum. Um. Yeah, we're just all wondering, and also Emma is an OG hooligan. So happy wedding, Emma. A uh, Youngin. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Uh, super long time, long time. I'm calling because. Uh, at various points, you've talked about Matthew Reese's um, boat, the rare bit, and his little company, Movable Feast. And um, I, well, this is also a gay rights call because uh, I had um, decided uh, against their will. Uh, two dear friends of mine were getting married, and the grooms uh, had their wedding on October 28th. And so I was like, well, let's go on the boat on the 29th. I'm from out of town, actually from Canada. Um, and so I badgered them into doing this. So it was uh, the lovely grooms, uh, myself and my partner, um, one of my former students who's also queer and another friend. So it was a big queer cruise. Um, and uh, the captain, Captain Kelly, is also um, queer. And so it was lovely. They did a lovely job. Um, it was a sunset cruise on October 29th at 5 p.m., what I discovered was in this big queer utopia was that I am terribly seasick. Uh, so thank you, Captain Kelly, for uh, coaching me through uh, seasickness by letting me uh, uh, just annoy her endlessly. Um, but, yeah, it was great. It's too bad. I think the issue, what I sort of gleaned from talking to the captain was that um, the boat needs work and it's very expensive to maintain. Uh, and it's time to let that go. So I, that's my understanding of what's happening is it just got too costly to maintain a boat hobby um, in a Brooklyn marina where it was mostly not being used for much of the year. So that's my report. It's also gay rights. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, too bad that you all didn't get a chance to go because it's a beautiful tour of the harbor. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Um, what else? Crunch, crunch, and goodbye. Just overheard my husband watching something in the other room on TV, and I go, hey, what are you watching? And he goes, the Jewel documentary. And I was like, oh, the singer? And he was like, the e-cig. So now I need to know, what is that mirror? Jewel, the singer, or Jewel, the e-cig? Crunch, crunch. 